0: July 3rd, 2023 where are in Masechet Beit Ha'an, Lamed Amud Bet, at the very top of the Amud, if you recall the Mishnah, which we left off with on Friday, seemed to give us conflicting uh, images and views with regards to this Milacha, this activity which is either permitted or prohibited on Yom Tov. On the one hand, the Mishnah began by telling us, Enmevakiain Esim, you're not allowed to cut wood. And the Mishnah tells us not only is it from the Korot or the Korash and top, under all circumstances, you're not allowed to cut. The understanding initially, although we kind of blew the cover of the Gemara immediately, the understanding of the Gemara initially is that the reason you're not allowed to cut is because that's a that's uh, strenuous, it's an extra activity which is prohibited on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to overwork yourself. It's not per se a vision, a view of mukseh it's not per se a view, a vision of Melacha, it's uh, overly active. You're not supposed to be overly active in ways that are weekday activity type of matters. And as a result, that might be the understanding, it says, of the Gemara implicitly initially, uh, that that's, that's why you're not allowed to cut. And then it gets very curious, because if you continue reading the Mishnah, it tells you, well, don't cut with this type of cutting instrument or that one or that one, but you can only cut with a kopit, one type of cutting instrument, but wait a second! You just told me I'm not allowed to cut at all. It's 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 a How is it that you're in the sefa, the last part of the Mishnah, telling me? But with certain instruments, you can. Now it's true. We understood. We explained the latter part of the Mishnah. As explaining to us, certain instruments that are used for cutting are what are seen as more of melacha, it's more of a craftsman type of cutting, and other ones are more simple. So that last one, kofitz, is the more simple one. But ultimately speaking, isn't it tirhayetera? Isn't it strenuous extra activity on Yom Tov? That's the question the Gemara begins with. Ask the Gemara at the top here of Lamid al Didn't you tell me in the initial words of the Mishnah, in Mevakein Kelal? You're not allowed to cut, you're not allowed to split wood at all. Whether it's from wood which fell and was part of a structure on Yom Tov or it wasn't a part of structure and it was it fell before Yom Tov. Whatever the case is, it's strenuous activity as Rashi explains to us. <speaking> in <Hebrew> our initial understanding, our Hava Amina, <speaking in Hebrew> the words we use for that, is that the reasoning of the Mishnah, Lav Mishum mukse. Uh, the issue is not uh, because of Etzim. That's not why the Mishnah told us You not let us split or cut the wood The issue in the Mishnah was specifically Extra activity a Strenuous and stressful engagement of your body Well that being the case How do you continue in the same sentence Or in the next sentence and say but if you're going to cut, cut with this type, Amar Shemuel, Shemuel in turn, excuse me, Amar Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, uh, Shemuel in turn comes along and explains to us you're missing some words. There's a little bit of understanding that was missing from the blatant reading of the Mishnah. It goes like this, Hasure mehsera vehacheh So to speak the Mishnah is missing certain words and here's how you should learn it. Why would the Mishnah be missing words? Well, once upon a time, this is the understanding of Tiferet Israel. and his commentary to the Mishnayot elsewhere. Once upon a time, the Mishnayot were um, recited by rote, people would sing the mishnayot, you would teach young children and throughout their life they'd be able to just say the mishnayot by heart, the way you wanted something that's going to be said by heart to be then is that it has a certain rhythm, it has a certain beat, you'd skip certain words in order to make it easily uh, spoken and sung, that it would flow flow from the tongue. As a result, you'll find the Gemara says the Mishnah is missing certain critical words. You're supposed to fill those in. But when you're singing a song, when you're chanting something, you want the basics to be stated, and everyone fills it in. Semi, um, you know, so it's interesting. interesting. Says as, says Eli further. He says you know even the wording at the end of the Mishnah. Not with this, and not with oh, that, yeah, no, yeah. but just with this. Understood. Uh, anyway, regardless, but that's that's why the Gemara will sometimes come up with a hasure mehserav hakekatanes. So it goes like this: En Emevakirin, you're not allowed to cut. Now here, inject these words: Lo min ha sevar velo min ha korah shenishbera biyom tov. Amav al mevakirin min ha korah shenishbera me'irv yom tov. In other words, what he added in Shimuel in his understanding of the Mishnah is that initial line, which seemed to say you're not allowed to cut any beams of wood. No, 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 not any beams of wood. This is not a issue, it's not an issue of overly extending yourself, your body, your energy on your That wasn't the issue. There's specific types of wood you shouldn't be cutting. Well, I know, if it was a structure before Yom Tov and it fell on Yom Tov, that's the second case. What's the first case? Min ha-sevar shel korot. Sevar, Rashi translates as a row. It's a carefully laid out row of korot. Well, what's the issue in such a circumstance? If it was already detached from a building before Yom Tov, so what's the issue with regards to having it on Yom Tov being cut from? Oh, the issue is one of mukse. It has nothing to do with tircha or melachat mukseh. What's the mukseh in such a circumstance? Again, if it was part of a structure and it fell down on Yom Tov, I say, entering into the day, I couldn't pull down that structure, I look at that wood and that wood's not accessible for my cutting, that's the second case. The first case, because it's lined up in such a fashion, that's going to be considered mukseh. Why is that mukseh? Tosafot on Amud Bet at the very beginning of our masechet, Diburah Matchil in Mivakerin suggests that the circumstance and situation over here is what we call Muksem Hamat Hisaron Kitz, which means to say. Uh, Since they're lined up in such a fashion, since you took fine wood and you carefully aligned one with the other, you clearly designated this as wood which will only be used for building. It's not a multi-purpose wood any longer. The fact that it's a sevar shel korot, the fact that it's lined up and carefully placed in such a fashion means that as you placed it there, you designated it as something of expense of something of high value, you can't reappropriate it, you can't use it for something else on Yom Tov. Well, that being the case back in our Gemara, it means that Shemuel then has injected in a critical and important detail. We now read the Mishnah and we understand the Mishnah wasn't talking about activity which is prohibited because it's too hard for you, you're gonna be sweating too much on the holiday. No, that wasn't the issue. Apparently cutting is appropriate. I don't know that. Uh, it's only an issue of muktzeh. What's the issue of muktzeh? Well, if it was already cut before the holiday, it's a problem of Muqseh. If it wasn't fallen down before the holiday It's mukseh Because it wasn't mukhan It wasn't prepared now That being the case Read it again in the Gemara There are missing words over here Again, I'm suggesting purposefully And here's how you learn and read the Mishnah Quote, You may not cut and split the wood. Not from any Korot, but specifically a Sevar Shel Korot. A Sevar Shel Korot, again, Furthermore, And likewise, not from something which wasn't Muchan before Yom Tob. If it wasn't Muchan, wasn't prepared before Yom Tob, we have the opinion of... Rabbi Huda, Huda told us there's something called <laughs> yeah. Mukseq. Mukhan certainly includes designating so, under so most circumstances. these twigs that are attached to this tree, I'm going to cut them tomorrow. No, no, no. With You're the, not the, allowed to the, cut the, from the tree on Yom Tov. We're talking about it. it's not Mehubah, it's already Talush. To be koser, to cut off of something that's connected to the ground, is a melacha, which is asuran yom tov, even for ochil nefesh. It's only milishad. only certain melachot are are permitted. So you can't cut it from the tree, it's when it already fell off the tree. But you needed to prepare it when it's off the tree, uh, if it's going to be one of these types of circumstances. It's on this, what's that? How would we know that there was no fall? You certainly would not. And And as a result, you couldn't. That's that's exactly what I'm pointing out. And the truth is, even the, the second case of Lon Minha Kurash and Ishperabi Yom Tob, if you recall the Gemaran of Beta Mudbet said this is talui, this is dependent upon the mahlok al and bihuda. According to the where there's no mukseh, so that's why this would be permitted. According to the Bihuda, where there is mukseh, meaning it needs to be in your mind set aside before the holiday, then it's prohibited. The Mishnah over here tells us Asur. It tells us the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda, This is Hazara from Dafbeta Mudbet. Right? The Gemara over there asks, but if you look at the Mishnah, Masechet Shabbat, you see we go like. Rabbi Shimon, that there's no Muqseh, the Gemara had this as contradiction. I'm sorry to bring you down memory lane. The Gemara said over there, the differences between Shabbat and Yom Tov. When it comes to Shabbat, all the laws are more severe. As a result, the rabbis were a little less particular and nervous that you were going to mess this up. You didn't need to have a Muqseh operation in place. Mukseh is mutar on Shabbat. This type of Muqseh suggested the Gemara. When it comes to Yom Tov, where everything's lighter, where it's more lenient, that's where they strengthen themselves. I said, you're loosening up your we're going to tighten it with muktzeh. That's what we learned on Daf Amud Bet. The truth is that same Tosafot on Daf Amud introduced us to something we were just learning on Daf Lamidam Aleph, Amud Aleph. If you recall, even according to the Bishim'on, I'm sorry to, if it's getting confusing, but we'll get it clean again in a moment. Even according to the Bishim'on, we have a mahloket throughout the Masechet, throughout Talmud, between the Bishim'on and Biuda, whether muktzeh is Asur or not, even according to the Bishim'on, it's only Mutar if... What was the example we had on Daf Lamet Aleph and that's right, when it came to the wood, it had to be rickety. What was the example that brought us to that? The only time he permitted was the oil from a candle where you know it's going to go uh, turn into oil and it's going to be extinguished. When it comes to a strong structure, says Eli, it was not mutar even according to Rabbi Shimon. How come our Mishnah, the Gemara'an, the is assuming according to Rabbi Shimon, these Korot she nishperu, be are permitted? Says Tosafot, if we want to be consistent, We have to argue that this as well in our Mishnah, although it's not spelled out clearly, is re'uah, it was rickety. Otherwise, it's not mutar, even according to the Bishimon. Okay, but anyway, back in our Gemara. So then, says the Gemara, the Mishnah then is teaching us laws of mukzeh. You're not allowed to cut the wood if it's mukzeh mehamat hisaron kis, or it wasn't mukhan entering into the day. Concludes the Mishnah, but... If that's not either one of the cases, what do you mean? It was broken before Yom Tov, and it's not expensive, lined up wood. I have wood out in the field for uh, usage in any way, shape, or form. On the holiday, I want to cut it. Not permitted or permitted? Of course it's permitted. It wasn't mukseh in any way, shape, or form. It's not expensive in that respect. It wasn't, wasn't mukseh entering into the day. Is that permitted? Permitted, however, do it the right way. In the right way. That's what the Mishnah tells me. there are certain utensils, if I use them, they look like, rabbinically speaking, too much of a melacha. Question? According to Bishim Han, that even if it's not rickety, that something could be mukan for a sukkah, and it can still be that's mukan or not even to a fell that I can use for something else, there's no such concept. The Gemara Ndaf Lamed Aleph Amud Aleph did not make such a distinction like you. Just the Gemara you know, seemed clear that it needs need to be a culture. There's uh, specific use, can be that it was designated... Because mukse because, mukseh, because mukseh is operative even according to the bishim'on, unless you had a partial, you need at least a partial mindset that I might use this. If you had no partial mindset, you didn't realize this was going to be accessible, it was out of sight, out of mind entirely, it's muqseh. I'm when I'm sitting in my or using the beam for my shade, I'm using it. You're saying I'm not you're using it, but it wasn't to be used for that. What do you mean? I'm saying it wasn't used for. I couldn't animals. use it. It was Mukzeh because there was Ben Hashem it because the only way I was going to have access to it is if I broke down this Sukkah, I broke down this home, right? No, no, I understand, but can we, can we have a blanket mindset? Can I mean, go into no, we into, we no, can't, no such I thing. Can't go into I'll use go anything. No, you've, you because you've undermined the whole concept of mukseh. Right. The whole concept of mukseh is that you'd be mindful of what you're going okay. to so, use. So let's say I will have four things. and I want to be able to light a fire. I want to be able to, yeah, that with, to with what, Robbie? With what? What are you going to use that? I'm going to walk in the field. I'm walk Won't work. The road. No, good. Go no good. No good because you've undermined the system of mukse I mean imagine telling That's your imagine telling your child I want you to prepare some clothing for our trip in a week I said, okay, no problem, dad. And every day you walk into the room, you prepare anything, I didn't prepare anything. Finally, you walk in and say, we're two days, two days away from the trip. You haven't prepared? No, I have prepared. All I asked you, son, daughter, is that you have a mindset. I have in mind, I'm going to take clothing from my closet. They so haven't it's done anything. A, 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 a Still no good. Still no good. So to start off rickety, And then there's a possibility. Lefir bi only. So, I, might, so you say that anything that falls is no, it has to, to be, be written, he said. Alright, says the Gemara says the So again in concluding the Mishnah, Uke Shehin mevakein, and then six lines from the top, when you do cut, when you do split the wood in mevakein, you may not cut it. It's specifically and only with that utensil. So Tanyana we have a beraita which directly accords with this quote, in mevakein Etzim Lomina shell korot. So the Biraita spells out those words which were missing from our Mishnah. Spells out that we're talking about again, Mukseme Kis, it's a matter and my an item of value, and as a result, this is an issue of Mukse, that we said is not mukhan, lefi All right, so that's what we have in our Gemara, Shimuel's interpretation, uh, as, as it often does, accords directly with the words of the beraita. That's how he interpreted our Mishnah. Says the Gemara onward, Velo bekardom. the Gemara gets a little bit technical over here, but nothing difficult in terms of the technicalities. If you recall, the Mishnah told us that you're not allowed to cut with A, B, C, but you are with D, one of them was a kardom. How do I translate kardom? A hoe. Axe. Fantastic, so it's a type of ax. Amar, right, makes sense, holes aren't cutting. Amar Rav hinena bar maya mishemeh de Rav lo shanu ela benakbut shelo, aval bezakhrut shelo mutar. Amazingly, I don't think we think this way today, uh, once upon a time, they imagined the two sides of the ax as the male side of the ax and the female side of the ax. What's the difference between the male and female side of the ax? Rashi on the left-hand side. Which side are you not allowed to cut on with regards to this type of ax? The wider side of the ax which apparently is more of a fine craftsman way of cutting, that side's prohibited. It's the back of it, not the back of it. Wider, Rashi says wider. It's sharp enough to cut, but one I think is wider into, again, we need good, oh, there we are. The male side, so to speak, the male side, so to speak, On the sharper, more narrow side, which apparently is less of a craftsman's job, that side would be permitted. Uh, Says the Gemara Peshita, this statement um, that you had, Rav Bar Shalmaya, in the name of Rav, that's a simple statement. After all, our Mishnah told us. No, none of this was Mukse Mehamat Chisaron Kis. (inaudible) No, none of all of these were only because of Melacha not we weren't the, the final part of the mishnah is not a says peshita this is simple tenan the mishnah told us you're allowed to use only the kopitz Kofitz apparently is narrow in terms of its structure. And the reason you'd be using a kofitz as opposed to these other things, as we've discussed, as we just mentioned again, is because it's less of a craftsman's job. Well, that being the case, what is uh, unique to the kofitz? Again, that it's narrow and sharp, and therefore doesn't look like melacha. In turn, when I'm dealing with a cordon, when I'm dealing with an ax, which has the narrow side and the wide side, I'd say it's permitted to use the narrow side. I didn't need your statement, Rav, to clarify this. It was almost explicit in the Mishnah, yes Charles? It might be what the next words in the Gemara mean. The next words in the Gemara are not a hundred percent clear why they're listen to the words and we might invoke your interpretation. Mahu de Tema, what would you maybe have thought to say? In other words, why would you have thought that the Kordom the axe, which has the wide side and the narrow side, you're not allowed to even use the narrow side. This would be the case that it's permitted when I'm dealing with that kofit, that type of axe, which is completely narrow, because it's entirely narrow. Aval, However, if you have a structure of our sort, kordom vikofit. Where on the one side it's wide and on the other side it's narrow. We're calling that a Kordom Kofitz combination. Ema, I maybe would say, Migo, since, De Haigisa Asur, since one side is Asur, na Name Asur. The other side, even the narrow side, would be Asur. I think what the Gemara is one of two interpretations. Charles says because people might see you and in turn say it's all permitted. That might be one angle. The other angle might be it's a restriction that you yourself, once I'm permitting you to use on one structure, the narrow side, you might switch it, kamash ma'lan, that's the Hidush, we don't go that far, after all, it's only rabbinic in nature to begin with, this whole gezerah is, and that it looks like melacha, that it appears to be the wrong activity, the fact that you're doing it in the right way, we don't go beyond that, and we permit, according to this version of the gemara, a kofit switch, which you're using the narrow side of it, go ahead. Do they elaborate on the tool that is allowed to Excuse me, the kordom that you're allowed to The kofit. So, the they elaborate on what type of tool it is? So the Gemara's, it's an interesting point, it's good you're asking that, because at this point the Gemara's assumption is it's narrow on both sides. So it's some sort of ax-like item, or knife-like item, but it's narrow on both sides, and as a result doesn't look like a craftsman's tool. And as a result, the Gemara said, maybe that would be permitted, only that, and the one which is the kordom on one side narrow, the other side wide would be prohibited. No, that's also mutar, if you're using it on the narrow side. The next version is very important, it's a good segue for the next version, next point in the Gemara. Alan just asked, who said that a kofitz looks like that? This was an assumption that a kofitz is narrow on both ends. The next lines in the Gemara are talking according to Rashi. Rashi's interpretation, Rosh goes differently, but Rashi's interpretation, the next lines of the Gemara are, there were different places. And in different places, much as I imagine today, although I don't know what that's right, you had you would call something a kofitz, even if it wasn't a kofit in Rabbi's house, it's a kofitz in my house. Different places had different names for different things. So the next version of the Gemara is that when we t- refer to it in our Mishnah, the kofitz, it was a different type of kofit, Not narrow on both ends, but rather, well, something else. Ikah, says the Gemara, dematne la asefa. that statement of rav, the Rav Hanina, who was stating in the name of Rav, well, there are those, Ika means yesh, there are those who are matne, they teach those words, asefah, on the sefa, on the final words of the Mishnah. What do you mean the final words? Well, all of this is the final words. Well, we had two parts of the final words. We had the not with this, not with that, not with that. And then we had, but yes with this. Until now, our assumption was, even on the not with, well, sometimes you could use it if it's got a narrow part to it. Now we're going to say, even on the yes with, Meaning, the kofitz, his statement was, well, only if you're using the narrow side. Oh, wait a second. I thought the kofitz only has narrow sides. Clearly, the Gemara now is going in another direction. In some places, they had kofitzes, which had narrow and wide sides. Are we being clear? Again, so it's a different version based on the reality in a different place. Ikade <inaudible> matnela asefa quote, Ela be kofitz. Our Mishnah said, You're allowed to cut and split wood specifically and only with a kofit. Now comes the statement, not that it's permitted under all circumstances. When is it? Under what circumstances can you use the kofit? Well, he says, Our kofits have both a narrow and a wide side. And as a result, I'm telling you, only when you use the narrow side does it not appear like melakha. What's up? I like it. That's what I was hoping you would tell me before the class. I, right. Okay. So, how are they translating the words? No, no, no. I want the wide and narrow. Eli is, is suggesting that the wide, edge, the wide, edge. wide edge. Narrow and wide edge. I'm calling it. The part. Yeah, no, like I understand. So it has to do with the thickness as opposed to the width and length. Understood. <laughs> right. uh, everyone's going to please look into this. It has to do with how oh, how a, uh, thick so and how right. thin. This. Is a, That's, right. The the, That's right. Morris will follow up with an article about uh, research <inaudible> from 15. <inaudible> <inaudible> That's how they do it. They call yeah. it that. And, and is it the same thing? It's the thicker and the thinner? One goes into something and then a <laughs> little one bit one different. That's. <laughs> that's not real because the thinner blade goes into the <laughs> it's, a, it's Fantastic. A interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. One second. Um, okay. All right. But that all being the case, yes. Either way, conceptually speaking. Okay. The, well, we'll have to do the research on these things. Says the Gemara Peshita. Isn't this simple? Our Mishnah said you're not allowed to use a kordom. You're not allowed to use that instrument which is thicker and in turn more of a craftsman's job. You maybe would have said a kordom where it's in touch. Alright. Maybe you would have said an axe which is only wide. In this version of the Gemara in this place, a cordom was only wide. In the first version it was wide and narrow. So in other words, what happened in the second version of the Gemara is the same give and take. It's just instead of focusing on the cordom in this place, the kofits were structured as a kordom, whereas a kordom in the first placement of the Gemara was one which had wide and thin, and the suggestion was, or the halakha was, you can use the thin side, not the wide side. In the second version, it's not the kordom, it's the kofits which was made as such, and as a result, although a kordom, which is entirely thick, is asur, the kofits which has a thick and a thin. Maybe you would have said it's also asur, as Charles suggested, as we suggested. Otherwise, um, maybe because once you permit the thin side, you'll permit the thick side as well, that's the kamash ma'lan, that's the hidush, that that is permitted. All right, that's what we have in the Gemara, as I told you, it gets, it got technical with regards to the specific types of cutting, but I think the principle is clear. The principle for us is number one, we talked about halachot of Mukse in the Mishnah. And number two, in the Sefa, in the final part of the Mishnah, we addressed uh, when something appears to be melacha, looks like a melechet omen, it looks like a craftsman's job. And we defined that by the thickness of thinness, and we said further, if there is a way of using this in the thin way, in the non-craftsman way, that would be permitted. Question marks? No. Says the Mishnah uh, up ahead. The next Mishnah, go ahead. So, so it's all melacha alcha is non-existent anymore? It's, it's non-existent not existent in this context. Right, apparently splitting and cutting wood in the eyes of the rabbis was not considered a to, for, to forbid, right? The Gemara began with that assumption, fell off it very quickly and suggested uh, as we saw that the Mishnah was only talking about halachot of mukseh which makes a lot of sense. The context of this perik is all mukseh stuff. It makes sense, that's what we were addressing. This next Mishnah, as we just said, is going to address further mukseh issues. But instead of prohibitions, it's going to find an interesting, maybe curious, Permitting uh, or or uh, permissibility it says the Mishnah. Male perot a home or a uh, uh, an an area which is filled with fruits has no opening. How would it be structured as such? There was a pile of fruits and walls built around it. The only way to enter in is to break down one of those walls. Breaking down a wall on Yom Tov on Shabbat is Melachav se'tira. You're not allowed to break down a wall. You're not allowed to break down a structure on Yom Tov. As a result, we'd imagine that even though you didn't break down the wall, as I enter into the holiday, as we've said throughout, we need to have this mindset for Muxi. I enter into the holiday, I look at that house filled with fruits. I say to myself, oh, I'm not able to get into that house. As a result, the fruits, much as the house should be considered Mukseh. Everything's inaccessible. The only way it would be accessible is through melacha. As a result, you'd say, all the fruits are asur. Now, on the holiday, the wall falls down. Who cares? It's mukseh mm-hmm. Bayit shehu malei perot notel mimakom Says the Mishnah, if it fell down, one of the walls, without you breaking it down, you can't break it down, it's mutar to eat from the fruit. Why should it be mutar to eat from the fruit? No, it means you walk through that space. It's a good question. Why does it say, and, uh, I don't even debate that, but for our purposes, it means all the fruit. Why should it be permitted? What's permitted about these fruit? Uh, before why we address, Mukzeh, it, it, uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, it it was, it was uh, Mukhan. not When the house had a beam, and the house fell down on Yom Tov. You, you told know, me that I'm not allowed to use the beam. Why not? Because they're still inside. using the beam and making uh-huh. uh-huh. So Jesse, very good, very good. So Jesse distinguishes, he says, listen, the fruit at all times was permitted, the walls are the mukzeh. This is the interpretation of There's Ramban no Nahmani no Mishnah. No doesn't matter. Ramban Nahmani. No, I mean, Ramban I mean, Nahmani, as does no, I mean, yeah. Jassid, suggest yeah, 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 yeah. that I we do, distinguish yeah. with regards what to Muksa with what was not muhak. The fruit was Muchan. Yeah, yeah. It's true the only way to get to them was through a Melacha, but the fruit themselves don't need a Melacha, and that as a result is Mutar. Rashi has a different interpretation to our Mishnah. If you take a look at Rashi on the left-hand side. Rashi, no. tell me makom ha Rashi first cites from the Gemara. It's important to cite from the Gemara at this point, jump the gun a little bit. The Gemara will suggest, because of the final words in the Mishnah, that our Mishnah is not referring to a case where there were cemented walls. It was br- rather bricks which were placed one on top of the other without any cement, anything actually holding them together. Is that permitted to break down? It's not permitted to break down. It's, it's not stira because it wasn't a binyan shilkeva, but it is stira midra banan. Oh, that being this, that's very significant. The last words in the Mishnah will tell us that Rabbi Meir says in this situation, since you want to get food, you can even break it down. Those are the final words in the Mishnah. Look at them. Rabbi Meir, umair, af pohet in Rabbi Meir as the Gemara will explain his reasoning, says break it down. Oh, one second. It's, it's not Asu all right. it's only Asu Mideorabbanan. Why is it Asu Banan and not Minha Torah? Because there's no cement, says Rashi. Well, that being the case, since the Melacha, which would need to be done in order to get in, is only, although it is, but is only prohibited from the rabbis, Banan. That in turn changes the status of mukseh. That in turn says that if the wall fell on its own, the fruits are permitted according to Tanakhama. Rashi brings a, a proof for this. Rashi cites from the Gemaranda Flamidalit. The Gemaranda Flamidalit says, You're not allowed to, we've talked about this more than once in this, take Tirumot and Maasrot on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to tithe, you're not allowed to separate your fruits and vegetables on Yom Tob. What about if you went ahead and you did it? Can you now eat from those fruits and vegetables, the Gemara, the Mishnah, the Gemara tell us it's permitted. One second, it's Asur, it was Mukseh. It's only Asur Midra Banan. Something which is Asur Midra if it then gets fixed in one way or another, because as Jared explains to us, my mindset was less removed from it. It's in turn going to be mutar after the fact on Yom Tov. Rabbi Meir says, even the Chatahilah break down the wall. Chachamim, Kama says, if the wall fell down under that circumstance, in that situation, you can now enjoy the fruit. Wait a second, entering into the holiday, I wasn't allowed to break down the wall, only How do you rationalize this? How do you understand such a concept? Apparently not. I mean, it's only one day. It's Yom Tov. You put it in there already. It, it can't be. I mean, because we would be mitzaref that as part of the conversation. But good question. Um, how do we rationalize the difference between the Rabbanan de Oraita? As Jared mentioned, it has to do with the mindset of a person. But wait a second. The mindset. I don't know about you, Jared. I don't know, I'm talking on behalf of myself. Mm-hmm. I like to view the words of the rabbis as very severe as well. Not only the de which is asur. The Aharonim suggest as an interpretation. Mechila, mechila, with a big smile. With a big smile. If anyone respects the rabbis, it's you. But anyway, but um, with a big smile, mamash. But anyway, the suggestion goes as follows. There is a debate, um, it's, it's a longer, wider, broader uh, conversation with regards to prohibitions, Min HaToran, Midir as to the nature of them. And there are many, many ramifications, none of which I'll address right now, but we've talked about on other occasions. It goes like this, I'm gonna talk conceptually for a moment. Is the item Asur, or is the Isur on me? Well, what do I mean by that? Is the item that I'm going to eat, let's say, is in itself, so to speak, filled with poison? That's when the Torah says it's Asur. That's how I... We look at that we call it, as, as Mara said, in Isur Hifsa. Alternatively, the rabbis are looking to set us straight. It's a prohibition on myself that might be the solution to over here. With regards to this item, which is prohibited in Midrash Banan, the item itself, the fruits by extension, were mutar, there was a prohibition on myself. The fact that the wall now fell down, in turn means it was never actually asur, there was just a prohibition on myself. That in turn got waived. That's the suggestion here in the Mishnah.
1: Well, you'll you find that on the right.
0: Rabbanans in, in, in many circumstances. But it's an important conversation to be had. Chamvad as a matter of fact, talk, talks about this in Shaylot to Shibbot Yabi'ah Omer in the context of Basad Be'Halav. Under some circumstances, the waiting, the six hour wait, which is mid Rabbanan, in Nisur major ramifications so and otherwise. <laughs> of course, he <laughs> to. Says the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. In turn, let's conclude. Let's read the Mishnah through one more time. Bayit uh, uh, an area, a home, so to speak, which is filled with fruits. Then if hot, and it in turn fell down. Again, we're injecting based on the sefah of the Mishnah, as the Gemara will tell us that it wasn't plastered, it wasn't cemented. Closed, it falls down. No tel mimakom pahat, You can take fruits, once it fell down on Yom Tov. Isn't it mukse? Jasi, Ramban Nahmani, I'm taking from the fruits, not from the walls. The walls are Mukse. The fruits are not. Alternatively, Rashi, uh, quoting from the Gemara later on, his understanding is since the pulling down of the wall is midra banana, in turn, ironically, that's enough kamina, both the fruit and the wall would not be considered muksa at this moment once it fell. Rabbi Meir takes it a step further. Rabbi Meir says, since the whole thing is only prohibited, it's tira midra it's pulling down a structure which is only rabbinically prohibited. Rabbi Meir's understanding will be, since it's on it's for Ochil Nefesh. Yes, it's a stage removed, but my purpose is to enjoy the day. By eating from these fruits, it's in turn uh, permitted under such circumstances. And as a result, Rabbi Meir goes, as I said, a step further in saying that it would be mutar to even be pochet, pulled down the wall, which we would normally, under most circumstances, say it's asu. It's le, sorech uh, Ochil Nefesh is mutar. This morning's class was dedicated in loving memory of Joseph Boganem, Yosef Ben Rifka by Eli and Fanny Boganem. And family, Baruch Adonai, Amen, amen. 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 <laughs>